this morning about growing up in Christ. And so I'm going to ask a couple of these, uh, our, our extinguished, distinguished guests this morning, what does it mean uh, to grow up? So we're talking about growing up in Christ. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. But uh, what does it mean to grow up? So Natalie, we're gonna, I'm going to ask you all a question. What do you want to be when you grow up? Okay, so Natalie, what do you want to be when you grow up? Doctor. A doctor. All right. What do you want to be when you grow up, Miss Karis? It's really not what I want to be. I want to be in the Air Force. I want to be in the Air Force. Awesome, awesome. And I think Mom and Dad will be proud about that. What do you want to be, Ari, when you grow up? I have up? no clue. You don't have any clue. What do you want to be when you a grow up? A police officer. A, a police officer. Okay. I think you can take them down. All right. Uh, okay, so what do you have to do to grow up? What do you think? What is, you know, you want to be that when you grow up, but what do you have to do to grow up? Do you have to do anything special to grow up? What do you think? Um, you just grow up on your own automatically? I don't know. You don't know? You don't know what it takes? What does it take to grow up? Do you got to do something special to grow up? No. no? Nothing special to grow up? Do you have to go to school? You want to be a doctor? You have to go to school to be a doctor? Yeah? yeah. Uh-huh. You got to go to boot camp to be in the Air Force, right? Uh, anything that... <laughs> yeah. Anything that, uh, that, that you have to do to grow up? What about... Do you have to eat all your vegetables? My kids say no, by the way. Uh huh. All right, no. So to grow up, sometimes we just get bigger just because we get bigger. But when we have to go to school, we have to learn. If you want to be a doctor, you got to learn. You go to the Air Force, you got to take all the things they're going to train. You got to go. If you want to be a police officer, you got to go to police academy. But you can only do that when you get so big. And so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about growing up in Jesus this morning. So hey, somebody give these guys a hand. Amen. Notice, you can go sit with mom and dad. I no noticed that the pastor's kids didn't say, Pastor, I'm going to have to work on this a little bit. Going to the ministry. Uh, what does it take to grow up? What does it take to grow up? And, uh, you know, there was a photographer snapping pictures at, uh, a, first, at a first grade elementary school. And uh, he was trying to help them to kind of calm down and, and get focused. And so he asked uh, this little girl what she wanted to be when she grew up. And thinking on her parents, she said, Tired. <laughs> she, she thought when she grows up, she's going to be tired. And, and sometimes that's what it feels like, mom and dad, right? To grow up, it's tired. That's what we are when we grow up. We're tired. But what does it take to grow up? You know, everyone healthy will grow up physically. But if you want to talk about growing up in maturity, that's a whole other different realm. That's why we can have a 30-year-old who still might be at home in mom's basement playing PlayStation, and then you can have another 30-year-old who uh, get out and got a job and went to college and, and applied themselves and uh, has a family, right? Because just because you grew up physically, that's not really an indication of growing up emotionally or intellectually or relationally. Why? Because that person who grows up into maturity has to apply what they're learning. They have to participate in the process of growing up. Somebody say amen. All those parents with older kids say, yeah, amen, right? Get them out of the house. They got to participate in the process of growing up. Because if you don't participate in the process, you may grow up physically, but you're not going to grow up relationally or emotionally. Somebody say amen. And that's the same for you and for me spiritually. You and I have to participate in the process if we want to have the power of the Holy Spirit. We can all be born, and the problem today that many people have been born, and many people have been born again, 
in the modern day church. But boring, being born again is just the beginning stage of the process. You and I have to participate in this thing. See, there's, there's no indicator of maturity just coming to church every week. Many people can sit on the pews for many, many years, but it's just the same thing as sitting in mom's basement playing the Xbox at 30 years old. Why? Because just because you have been in time with God doesn't mean you've grown in maturity with God. Are you following me this morning? We have to participate in the growing up process uh, with Christ. And what does it mean to do that? Each of us has to choose to partner with the Holy Spirit if we want to partake of His power. And that's what I want to talk to us this morning about. Each of us has to choose to partner with the Holy Spirit if we want to partake of His power. I grew up in church, but I remember distinctly at 17 years old, I made a defining a moment, I made a, a mark in my life where I chose to begin to participate with God in this process called Christianity. Forever changed my life, encountering the Holy Spirit in a radical way. And even beyond that, I can look back at different moments over the last 20-something years where I have really had moments with God that I can say I have participated in the process of the power of the Holy Spirit. That you can't, I didn't just stay idly by it. I'm still growing each and every day. And I still make mistakes. But this thing is a relationship. It is a journey that you and I have ex a responsibilities to partake of His power, but also to begin to practice it, okay? You know, I think there's an energy shortage in the church today. And sometimes we have, these things, we have these thoughts like, God, I just wish I had more power. I wish I could get more from you. And we feel like we're powerless. But it's really because we're not partaking of the process. The early church had a power to conquer the known world in just a few generations. And they had none of the things that we do today with radio and technology and Facebook and internet, uh, cushion pews and, and all the programs and all the free food and all the things that we can do. And we are the most well-trained, equipped, doctrined, uh, educated church in universal history. And yet somehow it feels like we are still one of the weakest churches in the modern age. The modern age, we see that we, we are more inwardly focused. We are less in attention. We're less in power. We see less signs and wonders in the modern church. Why? Because we haven't really partaken of the power of God, and we really haven't participated in the process of using that power. And the energy shortage really is, is not on God's part. In fact, I think it's really on our part. It's coming back to remember who we are and what God has really given us. Are you growing spiritually? And I want to tell you this morning, you have all the power you need to be the person God has called you to be. God has not withheld anything from you. Everything you need to be the Christian God has called you to be is already inside of you if you are born again. Everything you need, all the power you need has been provided in Jesus Christ. Look with me in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. If you're there, somebody say amen. Amen. It's about 68 AD. Right before his death, Peter is writing a letter to circulate the church. He is fighting two things. He's fighting fake Christianity by false teachers, and he's fighting real persecution. Fake Christianity and real persecution. 
fake Christianity and real persecution. These are the two things on the forefront of his mind, and he's about to die. And one of the things he writes is this letter. And if you were to die soon, and the thing that you were going to write on your deathbed, that's kind of the most important thing of your life, don't you think? It's kind of like, okay, i got to make sure I say this before I die. So that's pretty important. And this is what Peter is writing. And look at this first part of the first chapter of Peter and how he says to his churches that he wants them to know the promise of the power of the Holy Spirit and how they are to be participators in that power. All right? First Peter, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1. This is a letter from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who share in the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace. Look, as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. So there's a growth expectation. And he says, listen to this, by his divine power, somebody say power. By his divine power, this is the new living, God has given us everything, listen, everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who has called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share or partake of His divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to, what? Respond. Some versions say, be diligent to apply God's promises. So supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. And look what he says. The more you grow like this, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you'll be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus. But those who fail to develop, there's those develop words, in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting they've been cleansed from their old sins. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard. Look, it's not natural. Work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. And you do these things, you'll never fail, fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He says there is a special divine promise of divine power that's going to give you a divine nature if you will participate in the process of what God wants to do in your life. There is something supernatural that is going to happen in every single believer that gets born again of Holy Spirit DNA. And that Holy Spirit DNA contains every single thing you need to be the Christian God has called you to be. And that is a divine promise of God. Whether you believe it or not, that's the Word of God. He has put everything, Peter says, I put everything inside of you that you need to grow when you are born again. You don't need to ask God for more because it's already on the inside of you. You need to allow God to begin to grow the thing he's already given you. Somebody say amen. You know, sometimes I think in church we're always like, God, please give me. God, please give me. God, please give me. Oh, Lord, I don't have enough to get through this week. God, I don't have what I need. You didn't supply me the patience I need. You didn't supply me the love I need. God, I don't have the strength that I need to get through this week. But that's not what the Word of God says. 
The word of God said right there, Peter says, the last thing I want to tell you that before I die, I'm telling you something. You have been called and chosen. He said in his first level, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession because you've got a job to do to tell people about how great and awesome God is. And he says there is a divine nature that God has promised by his divine power. And when that divine nature comes into you through that divine power, there's going to be a divine life that lives on the inside of you. You're not going to be doing this work through your natural man anymore. You're not going to be doing life just through your human efforts anymore. There's some kind of Holy Spirit thing going on the inside of you that's going to give you supernatural joy, supernatural strength, supernatural endurance, supernatural patience, supernatural love to be the person Christ Christ has already called, equipped, and chosen you to be. It's already there. It's already been paid for on the cross. How many believe Jesus' work on the cross was sufficient? It was enough. It is finished, he said. There's no more things that he needs to do. He went to the Father to make intercession for you. His work is done for you. You've already won Come on, church. Do you believe it? You've already won. Everything you need for living a godly life has been given through the cross of Jesus Christ. There's no more things. Jesus is like, i got to figure that out. I didn't think about that in 2022. I didn't know COVID was coming. Let me see if I can find in my spiritual bank house, get the forklift, Gabriel. Let's go down to the warehouse number seven and try to find a supernatural package that the church needs for this day and time. I had no idea that we were going to be going through stuff like this. He says, no, when you got born again, that power that was provided through the atoning work of Jesus Christ came inside of your body, gave life to your mortal body, and that same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead came to start living on the inside of you, and everything you need to get through 2022 has already been provided. When you said, Jesus, I accept. I'm coming in. It's done. Everything you need is given in Jesus. The problem in the church today is that we don't believe it. See, the first century church believed it. And then they began to participate in the process of receiving it. We've got to come back to original faith, church, that says, I believe Jesus was enough for me to get through this week. I believe Jesus was enough for me to crucify sin in my life. I believe Jesus was enough to get off of addiction and alcohol and drugs and pornography. I believe Jesus is enough to work through this marriage. I believe Jesus is enough to help me parent these kids. I believe Jesus is enough to take this depression and this anxiety and this fear. It was provided on the cross. And we've got to come back to a day where we just simply believe the Word of God as it says it is. Is, that Jesus said it's done it's finished I did it all you need has been provided he says there is a promise of power even uh, Paul says in first Thessalonians for the gospel did not come to you in word only but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction some people have just heard the words but they haven't received the power of the Holy Spirit with full conviction See, real Christianity, Henry Scogel, in 1600, I, I have his book, Henry Scogel, he was an evangelistic pastor guy, and he wrote this phenomenal book in the 1600s, and it's called The Divine, uh, he talks about the divine life and the union of God with the soul, and that's what he says, he says, real Christianity is a union of the soul with God. 
It's when Christ is formed in us and this divine life comes in us. So the Christian life is a life that is now hidden in Christ with God. You see, there's a lie of the devil today that you don't have all that you need. There's a lie of lack. Oh God, I don't know if you love me enough. God, I don't know if you have enough. God, I don't know if I have enough. See, that's a lie from the enemy. Because everything you need, that Holy Spirit DNA, when a baby is born, the DNA that's on the inside of them, everything is already there. To be the full-grown adult, they're going to be. It's already in the baby. The baby doesn't go to Walmart and try to get some stuff. You know, we have to go eat and all. But they don't go find more DNA and chromosomes to try to become the person. It's already there. They just have to begin to grow and lead up to the person. You see, the person God has for you to be is already on the inside of you. All you've got to do is start eating right, living right, doing the things that God has called you to do, and you'll become the person He's already called you, created you to be. He says there's a promise of power. Number two, he says, then you have to partake of it. Look at verse 4. These are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature. There's that Holy Spirit DNA, Dad's DNA, Father God's DNA, the share in the divine nature. I, my kids sometimes, unfortunately, begin to act like their father. <laughs> you know, they, well, they share in my nature or share in their mom's nature when they're not doing right. That's what I say anyway. They share in their mom's nature. That's your kid over there. T today, this one's yours. You know, that's what we said just the other day. You know, that one's yours. They share in our nature. Same as for, for us in the Spirit. We are to share in the divine nature of our Heavenly Father. And he says, if this promise is true, you'll begin to share in this divine nature. You'll escape these things of the world's corruption. So what is keeping you from acting like your dad in heaven? What's keeping you from acting like your father in heaven? He says, Two things I want to pull out there is, number one, you have to receive this. This is not the flesh. This is the spirit. So it's a spiritual way of, be, of growing. Sometimes we think of Christianity as just the more I go to church, the more I read my Bible, the more I pray, the more I fast. Well, the Pharisees did all that, and they didn't do so well. It's not natural. It's not a natural way of doing this. It's a spiritual thing. So the first thing you have to do is receive it by faith. You just simply trust it. I believe it. That settles it. It's just what the Word says, that's it. I believe Jesus has all I need, the end. And so I can go to Him in faith. So I have to receive this spiritual thing in a spiritual way. Not by trying harder, not by doing more, because after faith, we, we go back to grace. Paul says it's by grace through faith, Ephesians chapter 2. So by faith, I just believe. The guy, the gal that I'm supposed to be, he's given I believe it. Well, then I have to say, well, how can I do this? You can't. Because that's the natural man. He says it's by grace. You can't earn it. This is something you cannot earn. You cannot deserve. We say, well, I don't feel good enough today. I didn't do very well this week. That's okay. You didn't earn it to begin with. You, did, you weren't good enough to get saved the first time, Christian. You're not good enough to stay saved continually. It's not something you can do. This is something every day I have to go back to the cross and rely on and say, Jesus, I'm ill will. I uh, don't have the willpower. I don't have the brain power. I don't feel good. I didn't do good this week. And he says, that's okay. You weren't good when I saved you the first time. I'm going to keep on saving you every single day. Just keep coming back and remembering that, that I'm the whole deal. 
baby. I'm the supply. I'm the source you need for life. There's nothing you can do apart from me, Jesus said. Abide in the vine, and then I will abide in you, and my Father will come make our abode with you. And you can just dwell in the presence of God by just simply saying, I can't do nothing apart from Jesus. I never deserved it to begin with. So I don't care how much you come to church, how much you read your Bible, unless you're receiving this thing by grace through faith and just coming to Christ as a total mess and saying, Dad, my flesh is corrupt, but your spirit is perfect and your spirit is made perfect in my weakness. So as I crucify doing this Christianity by the natural man and I come over here to feed the spiritual man, I'm just gonna start partaking of grace. Some of you have been beating yourself up for so many years you need to learn grace because you've been trying to do Christianity naturally but this isn't a natural thing this is a spiritual a journey that we're on this is spiritual DNA Paul said in Galatians 3 2 I want to ask you something did you receive the Holy Spirit by trying to obey the Word of God more or did you receive the Holy Spirit by simply hearing with faith you receive the Holy Spirit when you simply receive Jesus by faith. That means you were good enough right then and there for him to accept you as you were, as a total pitiful sinner, and he accepts you. And that was all that it took was faith in the grace of God. And that's what it takes every single day, sir or ma'am, every single day to go back to that place of the cross and just receive more of Him by grace through faith. God, I don't have enough today. Don't go read 37 chapters of Ephesians and you know this and that. There's not 37 chapters of Ephesians, by the way. Don't go read all this stuff and memorize. And that's great. Memorize, read the Bible, go to church, give, pray. But unless you are abiding in the presence of the Almighty God, you will be a branch that quickly withers and dries. Abiding in the presence of God because the grace of God is sufficient for you. So number one, there's a promise of power. Number two, you have to partake of this thing spiritually. Skogel said, Christ cannot be fully formed in us until we stop trusting in our own righteousness and rely completely upon Christ and His righteousness. Some people come to church and think, I'm a pretty good guy. I'm a pretty good gal. I'm on the church board. I've joined the worship team. I taught in Sunday school. I'm a pretty good person. I don't cuss like I used to. Those are all great things. But that's not Christianity. Christianity is Christ forming on the inside of you. And I want to say, God, I'm more like you today than I was yesterday. It's constant. Some, I'll give you a warning in that. Is some people feel, and, and when you begin to do things in your flesh, in your natural effort, what you begin to do is think your Christianity is this ping pong. You're like, well, I'm in, I'm out. I'm hot, I'm cold. I'm up, I'm down. But this is divine life. That gospel seed, if it's planted in good soil, that seed will grow and it will produce a harvest. I just want to make sure that I'm growing it in the Spirit because that naturally, that gospel will grow in us. In some seasons of trees, sometimes there's a lot of growth and sometimes there's seasons of not so much growth. But in all things, that thing is always alive. These, in the fall, in the winter right here, all these beautiful trees, all the leaves fell off. But that tree was still alive, even if it didn't look alive. And sometimes you doubt whether or not you're still saved, if Christ still loved you, if you've done too much for God. Let me tell you something. Jesus is always on the inside of you if you keep repenting and having faith in His grace. 
I don't know, you may mess up. You may make ups and downs. You may not feel good today. Doesn't negate the fact that Jesus has paid the price for you and that you didn't deserve it the first time. See, this life on the inside of you, it is a constant supply. It's always growing. It's always there. Can you walk away and totally reject Jesus? Absolutely. But I think so many times we've, we've looked at that and, and erred too far that way. There's, there's a constant supply of the Holy Spirit available every day. And even if you haven't been the Christian you ought to have been, Jesus still loves you. His grace is still there for you. I'm just challenging you today. Start growing again. Start growing again. Next is this practice. Practice. There's a power, a promise of power. There's participation to partake of it. We have to partake of it. Then there is practice. Verse 5, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith. And he gives a list. What does that mean? Some translations say partner. Partnership. Peter knows that this day there's a lot of fake Christianity out there. And so Peter says, you need to show the world a Christianity that works. Oh, I long for a day when the American church starts showing the country a Christianity that actually works. A Christianity that actually works. And that Christianity, Peter says, is a partnership of practicing the power of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? That means he is supplying... And you begin to apply. He is supplying. You are applying. And everything is by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can do nothing apart from the Holy Spirit. So this working out, it's a spiritual workout. When you exercise, you build strength and endurance. And we don't exercise just by the natural man of doing religious works. We exercise spiritual things. I try to be more loving today. Man, I didn't go so well. I'm going to keep on trying, Lord. Holy Spirit, help me to have love today for this person. God, I didn't have to pay. Lord, I'm relying on the Holy Spirit. Give me patience. And as you begin to work out in the Spirit, you'll be stronger tomorrow because you didn't do it through the natural man. You did it through your spirit man. Maybe you don't understand what I'm saying today. But I'm telling you, Unless you practice the power of the Holy Spirit, you will stay at the same level you are, Christian. The more you exercise the power that's already on the inside of you, the stronger, the more adult, the more mature you'll become. And guess what happens? The more mature and stronger you come in the Spirit, then God can give you more responsibility. He can give you more things, more privileges. He can trust you more to do the things He's called you to do. Or in one verse it says, let's leave behind the milk. Let's move on to the meat. Let's keep growing. You see, it's a partnership and it's also not forced. He said, you have to choose to discipline yourself. Paul said, like an athlete that wants to win. Because if you want to grow spiritually, you will. I can tell you right now how many cards of hundreds of people over the last two years myself and our staff have sent to people trying to get them to come back to church. Every week I sign a dozen cards of people missing, gone, doing this, doing that. Many of them have not found a new home church after COVID-19. But I can't make anyone want to grow in Jesus. You and I have to want to be who He's called us to be. This is a partnership with the Holy Spirit. 
Don't trust in Pastor Heath for your salvation. Don't trust in sanctuary. Don't trust in my preaching ability or this worship team ability or our programs. You need to have a relationship where you are working out your salvation in fear and trembling. And you're saying, God, I am going to apply what I've learned in the spirit now. I'm going to practice. I'm going to put on my boxing gloves. I'm going to put on the full armor of a God when I walk out of the house today. And I know that no weapon formed against me can prosper. And I'm going to take some faith leaps. And I'm going to take some risk. And I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit as I go out, I may make mistakes, and I don't know if that's God speaking to me or not, but I'm going to try. I'm going to be the guy or the gal that God wants me to be. I'm going to try to love my spouse with a Christ-like love. I'm going to try to lead my employees with a Christ-like patience and wisdom. And God, I'm going to navigate the day of 2020 the best I can. And so, Lord, I know you're going to help me in my weakness. And so, God, I can't do this by my own ability. So, Lord, I get on my knees this morning, and I pray, God, help me to be who you called me to be. It is a daily journey of lowering yourself and elevating him and putting everything back onto Jesus and walking this life out in the spirit. Paul says the, the deeds and the evidence of the fleshly things are evident, but there is no law. There is no law for such things as those who participate in the production of the Holy Spirit in their life. There's no religious things you can do. There's no amount of church you can go to. There's no amount of seminary and Bible college that's going to replace a life walking in the Holy Spirit. Not everybody say amen at once. You see, you have to be willing to grow. Religious people, Scogel said, he said, religious people only do the bare minimum and then they complain about it. But those who've been given themselves completely to God will never think they can do too much for Him. I love that. When we want to do things religious, we want to say, okay, how much do I have to do to make God happy? And then when you do to that level, you're like, I think I've done enough. That's religion. If you're doing that, that's religion. I've got to go to church twice this month so my wife won't get angry. I've got to do this this much because I don't want to go to hell. I don't need to do those things because I don't want God to smite me. That's religion. That's religion. That is not Christianity. Christianity is, Jesus, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do today? God, I'm so excited. I want to read my word. I want to pray today. God, I'm longing to spend time with you. Lord, I want to be with you. God, how can I do more for you? That's Holy Spirit-led Christianity. There is a difference. Man can fake one. Only the Spirit can do the other. Lastly, in verse 8, he says, The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you'll be in your knowledge of our Lord. And then he gives this list of seven things. And if you would ever study these out, we don't have time this morning, but if you were to study these out, you would look and see that each one leads to the next one. They are increasing. They, you work out brotherly kindness, you'll get better at love. You know, you'll work out self-control. You'll get better at being holy. Like, they each work to lead the other one. It's kind of like grapes or muscadines. We're in Louisiana. As the vine grows, it expands and makes another column of grapes. And it expands and makes another column of grapes. And the more you focus on getting to this place in your walk with Christ, it allows you to produce that. And then you begin to move on to the next place. And then Jesus says in John 15, in every branch that begins not to produce fruit, he'll cut it off so that that branch can again produce more fruit. But if you're not in him, you're not going to produce anything. 
He says, but if you would be in the Holy Spirit, and Paul lists all these fruits of the Holy Spirit, and we think about, you know, oranges and apples, but this is the character of Christ. The more you are in Christ and the more you are walking and participating in the power that's already been provided, it's inside of you. The more you're walking this thing out, participating and partaking, participating and partaking, he says, you'll begin to act like your dad. You'll begin to look like him. You know, I'm at the age now, sometimes I'll go in the mirror and I'll turn the light on real quick and I'll, <gasps> and I'll look like my dad. You know, it's like, there's Mike Harris, you know, in the, in the mirror. You'll see little things like, oh, my eyes are getting those wrinkles that are the Harris family wrinkles, you know, or whatever. You start noticing those things. That's a good thing, though. I like my dad. I want to look like my dad. I want to be like my dad. The same is true for my heavenly father. The older I get, the more I want to be like him. And the more I want to put my faith into him and say, God, does my life look like you? When I leave this world and I look behind, none of this other junk is going to matter. I don't care how much is in my 401k, how many vacations we took to the beach. I don't care, Lord, what accolades are on my wall. I just want to know that, Jesus, I did right by you. That you'll look at me and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. That I look like Jesus. You see, it's a scary thing when you see someone who's been in church for many years but is still in diapers. Can I say that? Like, wait a minute. What kind of attitude is that coming out of you? Hadn't you been in this church for 20 years? Wait a minute. I got, I got people who are three years into Christ that don't have that attitude. Come on. Let's be real. It's time to grow up. It's a good thing. You know, and there's a store that closed and years ago in COVID, you know, I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid, right? We all know that. Our kids won't. But sometimes we're like that in Christ. I don't know if I want to grow up. And I got to go to church more. And I got to pray more. And I can't watch all these movies. And what? That's because you in religion. Man, when you get to God, oh, man, you want to grow up in Jesus. He's so good. Ain't nothing like it. Everything you need is given. Let me tell you this way. All the power you need has been provided. All the power you need. If there's anything I want you to take home tonight, instead of going home and saying, God, I need, I need, I need, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to make, just have faith. It's already there. It's already in you. It's already been provided. Just receive it. Listen to me. I'm, I'm telling, I think this is a word for God, from God for our church, for this season, for a day like today. Stop begging for things He's already given. Just receive it in faith. It's there. He loves you that much that He didn't spare anything. Ephesians says that He lavished you in the riches of heaven. He lavished you with His grace. He lavished you. He didn't spare one thing for you when he gave you his son. So how will he not freely give you all things? Do you believe it? Come on, somebody. Do you believe it? Would you stand with me this morning? Worship team, would you come? You have all the power you need. Just start partaking and practicing his promise. You have all the power you need. 
if you will start partaking of and practicing His promise. I want a life that's walking in the Spirit of God. You're here today, every head bowed, every eye closed, every heart ready to respond. Young and old. I don't care what denomination you come from, what your background is. Right now, you need to know that you know. Do you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you? If you were to die today, where would you spend eternity? Do you have confidence that you are God's kid? Do you sense something supernatural living on the inside of you? Is there something on the inside of you that identifies that you could cry out, Dad, I know you hear me. Dad, I know you love me. Father, forgive me. You, do you have a sense of His power, of His nature? Do you, do you feel His presence like the wind on your life? Is it moving you and guiding you? Is it washing and regenerating you? Is it making you new? It's not something I can explain too well in the natural. But let me tell you something. When it comes in the Spirit, you will know that you are God's kid. Just like I know I'm my dad's kid. You will know you're God's kid. If you want that security in Christ, if you want to know that Jesus is living on the inside of you, the Bible says that if we would have faith and we would come to Him and believe on the work of Jesus Christ as 100% sufficient, that He is all that you need, there is no amount of works you could ever do to please God, that you would simply give up trying, give up your efforts, give up your past, your present, your future, and completely, I mean completely, surrender yourself to Jesus and let Him decide what you're going to do and who you're going to be from this day forward until He calls you home. If you need to make that decision right here, right now, right where you are, I don't care how old, how much time you spend in these views, you need to know Jesus is living on the inside of you. And the Bible says if we would repent and turn from being in control of our life and turn our control over to Him, then He would save us. You can do that right here, right now. It's not a prayer that I can pray for you. It's something that you've got to do and make the decision. Man, woman, dad, mom, grandma, grandpa, right now, right where you are, just to say, Jesus, receive me. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, I come. Whatever you need to say in your heart, just give it out to Him. And He will begin to baptize you and fill you with the Holy Spirit. And you will have a power that you know, that you know, that you know is alive on the inside of you. And if that's you and you need to come find a place to pray and just get alone with God, these altars are open. And our elders, our leadership team will be here.